When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Saturday. I know how happy you are about that. I know I am. It's October 24th. And today and tomorrow, we've got a great interview with the founder and CEO of Hint Water which I became slightly obsessed with before I actually even interviewed this woman. Her name is Kara Golden. And we start the interview where I like to kind of start most of these interviews. Tell me about your product and what's your background. Here is our interview with Kara Golden. So you are here because you have a new book out, but that's not really why you're here. You're here (laughs) because I am a huge fan of the product that you have created. You are the founder and CEO of Hint water. Let me be first to say that in a disclosure moment, I am a huge fan of Hint, and I'm very delighted that you're joining us today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Okay. So let's talk about this this thing you started, this, this drink. First of all, how on earth were you able to break through a beverage category, which is so crowded with the big behemoths? Tell us a story about how Hint started. I uh, started it a little over 15 years ago now, and in my kitchen, uh, I was a tech executive. I had never been in the beverage industry before other than consuming a ton of it, and I was drinking a lot of diet soda, never really thought that diet soda was bad or unhealthy, and one day, I just decided to really test the concept of giving it up when I was starting to look at ingredients in my food. I I sort of had given a pass to my drinks and then one day decided, I don't know, there's like a lot of stuff in here that I don't really understand. And two and a half weeks later, after giving up my diet soda and exchanging it for plain water, I realized that it actually did do something um, for me, including my skin issues, like I developed terrible adult acne and my energy levels and also weight that I had been trying to get off for years just kind of melted away. So I, I lost over 20 pounds in two and a half weeks just when I gave up my diet soda, which is crazy, right? Like here it's diet. So why was this happening? And the water that I was drinking I aspired to be a water drinker, but what I found was while I got on the program of drinking water, it was just boring. And so I started slicing up fruit in my kitchen and throwing it in water. And that's when I realized that that's really all I needed. What I was shocked to see when I went to my local store in the Bay Area where I live, people just really just aren't even reading labels because they figure, ah, it's water, it's got vitamins in it. I just kept seeing the sea of healthy perception versus healthy reality. And so for me, I just decided like maybe if I actually just go and bring this drink that I had been creating in my kitchen to my local whole food store that had just opened, maybe, you know, I could help a lot of other people realize what I had seen that just by drinking water or drinking a product like Hint, 
that they could actually drink more water, solve their, their health issues. I always talk about, you know, not only did I create this product and, you know, the sea of over 2000 beverage companies and crazy competitive and but the number one thing that really has kept me going over the years is just hearing from consumers every single day how this drink, I mean, just a, a bottle, right, has helped them to achieve their goals. The ingredients are listed as purified water and natural flavors. So what I want to know is there's no sweeteners. There is no sugar. There is no, according to your label, MSG, nuts, soy, gluten, or preservatives. So tell me about this natural flavors. What's the deal? Like, it feels too good to be true. Exactly what happened in my kitchen. I mean, we no longer make it in my kitchen, but we, you know, use a commercial kitchen to make this up that the flavors are actually plant-based. So we're using fruits. Um, Sometimes, you know, right now I'm staring at our blackberry lemon essence. Depending on the time of year, we could be using grape skins in addition to sort of round out that flavor. But that was another thing that I noticed when I was, you know, developing this product is that flavorings can be a lot of different things. And even natural flavorings can be a lot of different things. So things like cockroach wings, for example, are used in a lot of flavorings. Now, they are natural, but most people would agree. There's some people that don't mind eating and drinking cockroach wings, but there are a lot of things that like that that are used in flavorings. And also the other thing that I noticed, and even though I'm I'm not vegan, a lot of these flavorings also use bone marrow, can also be used for coloring. Oftentimes the red coloring is either cockroach wings or could also be- I just think um, you keep saying the, those two words together and in food, it's sort of freaking me out right now. So, all right. So cockroach wings, will you ever, you won't see that listed as an ingredient. You're saying it's no. part of the flavorings that are used and they kind of hide it in like, we use Dexta, boo, 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 number 22 million and it's in there. Yeah, I mean and it just it it just really depends. I think like the thing that we talk about on our product too is that it's plant-based because, you know, to the point about bone marrow, that is not plant-based, <laughs> right? And so I think that, you know, there's a lot of labeling issues that have gone, you know, hidden by the wayside, however you want to talk about it that really sort of made me horrified. But Going back to our product, you know, we're using the skins and oils of the fruit to actually create the essence of the fruit. And it's not always easy. So, you know, as I mentioned, this lemon flavor, we just came out with just a lemon, but we also have other like blackberry lemon. That is incredibly hard. And a lot of people have said, oh, lemon. And like a lot of people do lemon, but, you know, they're not actually using real lemon. I mean, to actually use real lemon, we're actually using the rind. And Mm -hmm. so we're using a lot of the oils from that. And a lot of people will be like, okay, well, if you're using the oils, I mean, why isn't there like an oil in the water? And you could see, you know, how it mixes, doesn't mix, I should say, with the water. We're only using two to three drops in every single bottle. So it is very diluted. And what was so interesting when I developed this product originally, our intention was never to create a zero calorie drink. Our intention was actually to give the water just a little bit of taste. And when we finally figured out that just two to three drops does not actually create a calorie, we were like, wow, that's that's amazing. So only recently did we really 
kind of call attention to, you know, even the zero calorie on the bottle, even though it's always been zero calories, because I do think that there's so much, you know, healthy perception out there. And there's a lot of people who have been drinking products that are healthy perception. You know, mine was diet soda, right? Like you never thought that was healthy. You just thought that was low cal. No, I did think it was healthy. And I grew up with it. I mean, I, you know, when I was like, I I think about it a lot that, you know, my mom was a tab drinker, and she thought it was, you know, healthy, right? So, you know, when diet Coke came out, I was like, oh, this is much better. And so I just started drinking. I, I always felt like a full can of Coke was certainly not healthy, but diet Coke was like healthy. And I think just over the years, and clearly when I launched Hint and started to do some more digging into it, I really started realizing, you know, the majority of people today who, for example, have type 2 diabetes, which when I started this company, it was 2% of the population had type 2 diabetes. Today, it's 45% of the population has type 2 diabetes or prediabetes. They claim to be eating or drinking, diet, low-fat and you know you look at why are we still creating these drinks and this food that is healthy perception when it's creating a problem in our environment the real kind of answer on that is that there's a lot of money behind it pharmaceutical companies make tons of money off yeah. of you know these diseases and so i think consumers just need to really move away from sweeteners altogether as much as possible. Look, if I'm lucky enough to get invited to the French Laundry and there's a beautiful dessert in front of me, am I going to eat it? Yes. But the truth is now that I've tried to move away from as much sweet as possible and not just sugar, but also you know these diet sweeteners, it's really tough for me to have a lot of sweet. Like I mm. I literally my energy levels change, my just overall, like I feel like it's just it's just not doing what what it should. And I think consumers just I think they know that diet today is not what it should be, but unfortunately, I still believe that there's a lot of people out there who just sort of say, "Eh, it can't be that bad." Let's get into the the story of Kara. Uh you are the youngest of five children. Where did you grow up? In Arizona. Oh. Uh, yeah, 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 in uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale area. And you went to ASU, which is also Mark's alma mater. So, you know, you share that with him. Go Sun Devils. What did you think you were going to do with your life? Well, what did your parents do for a living? My dad actually was uh, somewhat of a frustrated entrepreneur. He was inside of a large company, but constantly tinkering and, and developing lots of different cool things in the food environment. He originally was with a company called Armor Food Company and had developed a product there called Dinner Classics, which when they were acquired, when Armor was acquired by ConAgra, it actually turned into a brand that is still alive today um, Hmm. called Healthy Choice. And so I was, you know, a kid when my dad was 
developing this product. And I'll never forget when he was developing it at one point with Julia Child. And all I remember is he was, you know, drinking a ton of wine with uh, Julia Child versus... versus That's so fabulous. I can't stand it. Right. I had no idea who she was. And my mom had actually, I mean, you know, it's interesting. It's always easier to look at life in the rear view mirror and, you know, didn't really fully appreciate this. But my mom, they had me when pretty late, late back then, you know, they were 40 years old when, when I was born. So my friends definitely uh, had younger parents. I had like the oldest parents on the block. And my mom decided when I went to kindergarten to go back to work you know, to actually switch careers. And so she had been an art history major and uh, taught art classes and and, uh, the grade schools for many years and then took some time off to have kids. And then she decided to go into fashion. So she was working in retail and kind of working her way up and just loved working around fashion. And so most people would learn to cook. My dad instead, because he was with this company, this large food company, he decided, well, I'm just going to develop this product. And I don't know if you remember Stouffer's TV dinners. I don't of know. Of course. Yeah. So my dad, the the real concept was that he, behind Healthy Choice, was that he hated Stouffer's TV dinners and he thought it was like mystery meat and, you know, it was just really questionable. And so the original packaging um, for Healthy Choice, they talked about sourcing and buying everything here locally. And I mean, I really credit my dad for talking about the backstory. I mean, no one was doing that back then. And and it's um, it's fascinating. I mean, he was way ahead of kind of where most people were back then. And so many things that he did back then are really applied today, not only to my own product, but also to, uh, you know, so many others in the industry. All right. Now let's get back to you. So you graduated from ASU, you son W. What'd you do with yourself? So I uh, I was a journalism major with a minor in finance and took finance classes primarily because I was afraid of finance. I always, when I'm speaking on college campuses, I tell people, go and figure out what things you you know, are afraid of, you don't have respect for or whatever. And like, go take classes, especially while you're on a campus. And that's what I was doing. And after I was taking some of those classes, in order to really understand more about the finance side of things, I got the Wall Street Journal and also Fortune Magazine. And so I decided after reading many issues of Fortune that I just loved it and it really helped me and I believed helped others to really understand finance. So I thought when I was graduating, like it'd be a dream to go and work for Fortune Magazine. And so I, uh, I took a few stops along the way before I got to New York, but I ended up the next 30 days after graduation, I decided to just go on kind of a tour of lots of different companies and again, was willing to do anything at these companies. But my final stop was in New York. I'd never been to New York and I decided to just get myself there and march into the HR office at the time life building, which again, didn't have security at the bottom at that time. And so I marched in and went up to the HR department and said, uh, hi, my name is Kara. And I got this letter. I had sent a letter to Marshall Loeb, the then managing director. And I said, I I would love to interview. And this poor woman, I can still see, see her face, who's the receptionist at the desk, you know, didn't know what to do with me because here's this letter signed by Marshall Loeb saying, if you're ever in the New York area, let us know. 
And I said, I'm here and you know, I'd <laughs> love to meet with them. And so she called her manager. She called the head of HR. Like they all came out just who, I mean, who would do this? Who would like march into the HR department? And I just figured if nothing else, it'd be a great story. Like, oh yeah, they never let me in and whatever. And, and so the bottom line is I never got to interview with Fortune, but while I was there, I said to the head of HR, is there anything else here? Like, are there any other jobs you're trying to fill that you think I'd be qualified for? I just graduated from school. And she said, you know, there is an executive assistant role with this one woman, Brooke McMurray. And if you'd like to interview, I'd be happy to see if she can see you. So I did. And and she ended up offering me a job. And frankly, it was in circulation, which is, you know, those stupid little blowing insert cards that go into magazines, you know, maybe one or two steps above the mailroom, but not much. It was definitely an entry level role. But it was um, one of the greatest jobs that I ever had. I mean, it was just I, I just loved being around you know, that environment, I was just invigorated, I learned so much, you know, I never ended up working for fortune. And I always figured that maybe I eventually would I was two floors down from uh, the editorial floors, but I never did actually meet Marshall either. But I met his son, Michael, along the way he was working in the building too. And it, it was funny, I was just emailing with him the other day saying, you've got to read my book because your dad is in here. I and, was going to uh, say, this is a great story. And you recounted you. I mean, you should have just called that chapter chutzpah. That's really it, right? And so I, I should note that Kara's book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, in it, you you do sort of talk about some of that moxie that maybe is hard to access for some people. It sounds like it comes naturally for you. But I mean, if you're not Kara and you don't have chutzpah, how can you access some of that? What is it that someone who's listening can sort of take from this? And it might be a shy person, somewhat introverted. You know, what can that person take from this and apply to their own lives? So what I found over the years and part of the reason for the title of the book, Undaunted Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, is that you know, we put these walls up in front of ourselves. And that is, in my opinion, the reason why we can't move forward. And so you can call it chutzpah or fearless or not afraid of failure or any of these things. I, you know, I think that the key thing that, you know, successful entrepreneurs, people, athletes, however you want to envision it, have is that they just go try. They always had doubts. They always had doubters. They always had failures, but they're able to own those things and figure out how do I get through these things? I mean, I tell the story about, you know, getting my first product on the shelf at, at Whole Foods. I mean, was it scary? Did I feel like there was a chance that they would say no, that they weren't going to put the bottle on the shelf when the large soda executive in Atlanta, you know, tell me that this was uh, not a product that anybody would like. Mm-hmm. Americans love sweet. Did that encourage me to doubt even my concept even more? Absolutely. But instead, what I figured is if I just keep moving forward and listen to the consumer, that maybe. I can actually go do ultimately what I want to do. And so this book is not just for people who want to build a beverage industry or female entrepreneurs. 
yes, it's all of that, but it's also more than that. And, you know, you read the book, so, you know, I mean, it's really, it's a book that just hopefully shows people that if she can do this, I can go do this. I, she may not have the same education, you know, as some of these other executives that are out there or experience, but she went out and built today the largest non-alcoholic beverage in the country that doesn't have a relationship with the large soda companies. I mean, it's a big deal. Tomorrow, we'll run the second part of our interview with Kara Golden. But until then, remember, if you have a financial question, just send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Don't forget today, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to do something nice for somebody today. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 